right, so welcome back to a uh, exciting special edition of the Decipio Cubs podcast because the Cubs sort of have a manager, apparently. Everybody seems to know who it is. They just haven't admitted it. Hopefully they will before spring training starts. So uh, welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, I, I, yeah, they, they have a manager. Um, I, I see what you're saying. There's been no official confirmation from them, right? It's all the reporters. Oh, you, you can't. You can't interfere with the World Series, apparently. No, you, you have can't. to wait for a break. So tomorrow, apparently, you can fess up. But as of today, you have to play dumb that you don't have. <laughs> the only way you can interfere with the World Series is by stupidly and asholically harassing a female reporter because you're a barstool douchebag. And then they're going to have to comment on it. But that's about it. Um, but yes, we shouldn't bury the lead. The Cubs have hired. Joe or Joe Madden. Well, I mean, sort of. Yes, <laughs> they sort of have. Um, David Ross is now going to be uh, a leader of men on the north side. So Joe Madden proxy. Joe David Madden Ross. proxy. Yeah. Same Joe Madden, half the price. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, As they released what they were, the, the numbers might be what they're going to pay him. Is that? Did you see that anywhere? I did not. I have not seen that. I did see that Joe did pretty well for himself. He. Yes, he did. He's gonna likely he will get five million dollars a year. That's actually what he got from the Cubs until he won the World Series, and then he got an extra million every year after that. Yes, he did. Just pretty. Well, good. the thing is, some Cubs fans might not want to believe this. Joe Madden's a good manager, and he's going to make the Angels better. Um, so he should be paid five million dollars to do what he does. Um, they still don't. They still need pitching and help, but they'll be good. They'll be fine. Yes. But um, that's no longer our problem. No. In fact, I don't even think we'll see Joe next. Well, in the Cactus League, but I don't believe that the Cubs will play the Angels next year. So They play the AL East next year. Yeah. The Angels aren't in that the last I checked. So you will, they will or not. You will see uh, Alex Cora. You will see whatever boon it is that manages the Yankees, and, and that's the David Ross model that the, the Cubs are following, the soon, shortly retired ex-player, uh, who comes and plays, who then comes and manages. So I can't wait for the uh, Brandon Hyde video montage. <laughs> Here's Brandon coaching first. Here's Brandon standing in the dugout next to Joe. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. So it's, uh, it. they picked the candidate. Everybody thought they were going to pick all along until mm-hmm. about a week ago, all of a sudden there was Joe Espada mania. Where Cub fans who couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup Absolutely all of a not. sudden couldn't tell you emphatically enough that that's the guy they ought to hire. Because he's apparently the key to the success of the Houston Astros. For yeah, some he, he, he's the Doug Melvin to A.J. Hinch's Bob Brenlin. <laughs> right? Is that the comparison? Um, or he's the I, Dave Martinez to Joe Madden. Let me ask you this, Mr. Dolan. Let me get my conspiracy hat on, because you know I love to wear it. And it makes me look good. I like the ear flaps on it. Uh, did, yeah, did the Cubs shy away from hiring one Joe Espada because of all that has surrounded the Astros the past few days? And they decided, we already have enough of this problem. We don't want any more of this stink on our team, even though Espada has nothing to do with it. 
I mean, I would I would certainly say that that's possible. The Cubs are the kings of the awkward press conference, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, the idea of having yet another one could not have been real attractive. I felt like all along the Joe Espada thing was the look. It's we didn't just pick Ross two years ago, and now we're going to anoint him. Look at how many people we're going to talk to. We're going to bring this guy back twice. Twice. I never felt like they were going to hire anybody but David Ross. Yeah, I I wrote about this today. Um, I don't think it was all for show. I think, yes, Ross was the guy they wanted to hire, but this isn't the Bears interviewing a new head coach. This isn't the Hawks interviewing a new head coach. I I think Theo and Jed, I, I don't know why I keep throwing Jed into this. He doesn't do anything. Um, it's like Theo's think, name is Theo and Jed. Right, yeah. They, I think they were just, they did their due diligence. And I, I, honestly, I would honestly believe that Joe Espada really impressed them. And they thought about it for a second. Um, now, yeah, they didn't want to just straight up hire David Ross and make it look like they weren't even trying. I, I mean, you, you have to interview other candidates. But as I wrote today, Look, there's, it's not that Theo is perfect. It's not that every move has been perfect. But I doubt there's ever been a move that they haven't well-researched and well-thought out. Um, some of them didn't work. Some of them haven't worked as well as we'd hoped. But they're not just throwing things to the wall. I mean, they do their homework on almost everything they do, uh, except Addison Russell. So, And even then after that, they, they sort of did. Um, so... I, th- I honestly, and maybe I'm just being optimistic for the sake of it, maybe I'm just trying to be more positive here in the later years of my life, but I want to believe, and I do believe, that they interviewed Espada, and they liked what they heard, and they brought him back for a second interview, but it's not that Ross had to outshine him, he just had to be as good or in the neighborhood, and then they could feel comfortable going with the guy they already knew they were comfortable with, which is fine. Yeah, and, um, and I th- think there's a value to if you have if you interview a smart guy, bringing talking to him as much as you can to glean what you can. You know, short of you know, the Cubs don't have the password to the Astros, <laughs> right? That's the scouting database, thing. so they just have to bring one of their guys back for another you know two or three hour interview to try to get <laughs> right. some of that information. You know, the Cardinals can just cut right to the. They chase. can just cut right to it, and. Uh... Yeah, we haven't talked since the Cardinals were humiliated yes. in the NLCS, which was probably the best result we could have hoped for. I was really disappointed. Cardinal fans were so despondent. I I put a tweet up there on a tee for them where I made fun of how, how badly they got outscored and how they never led in the NLCS. Mm-hmm. And none of them pointed Forget. out that the exact same thing happened to the Cubs in 2015. Well, The Cubs never led in that series either. The only no. thing the Cubs did the Cardinals didn't do was the Cubs actually tied games a couple competed. of times after they, they actually fell competed. Yes. Yeah, but I thought for sure, and they they have they were gone. They were they were packing up their yachty shrines for the winter. Yeah, it only weatherizing it, them. It makes well. There's two things. It makes it even more infuriating that the Cubs lost by open lengths to that team because that team's not any good. Oh, bad. And I doubt the Cubs would have been. I know they got swept by the Nationals in the regular season, but I doubt they would have been swept. They wouldn't have been no hit for ten combined innings. I know that. Yeah, and I think they uh, seventeen. Got... I'm sorry, seventeen combined innings. It wasn't it uh, in games one and two. 
um, or 12, sorry. Um, and the second thing is, is that when the Cubs were swept by the Mets, you knew it was the start of something. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the Cardinals and even their weird fans probably know this is a one-off yeah. for them. Um, unless, you know, they really think they're going to be able to, I mean, their pitching will be good. Uh, Flaherty is good and he will continue to be good at least until he gets hurt. Um, but yeah, if they if they think Tommy Edmond is going to be anchoring this li- aged lineup for the next five years, well, I hate to break it to you, but that's a, that's another discussion for next year. Yeah. We don't have to, yes, it was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the fact that men, I could turn, I could watch national league teams play in the playoffs again. Cause I could, right. I could stomach to watch it. And uh, I was just glad after the Braves crapped the bed that the Nationals dispatched them as quickly as possible. Yes, indeed. Very nice of them. I'm starting to feel about the Braves like I do about the Twins and Notre Dame, where we just have to stop letting them into the postseason because they don't do anything when they're there. Uh, The Braves are clearly a better team than the Cardinals. They should have won that series of four games at most, and yet they found every way possible to keep them in it and then lose it. Yeah, including using their, including using their best pitcher, pitcher once. Yes, just, which is not even something Joe Madden would have thought of. Um, that was infuriating. But anyway, back to the Cubs. Yes, I don't. I don't mean to drive your podcast, but I, I have. That's why we're here. Uh, so I wrote today, and I got. I, I argued with a close friend on Facebook, Matt Spiegel, another one you know. Mm-hmm. And my thing with this hiring is he, he, he wrote this thing on Facebook, and let me get out there quick. Spiegel has known me since I was 12 years old. We're good friends. But he wrote something that I go on Facebook that David Ross will be the spark in the clubhouse, and he will set the tone, and this is exactly what the Cubs need. And my whole thing with anyone they've interviewed other than Joe Girardi is, yeah, maybe. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. And they have no idea. And David Ross has no idea. And when you hire a guy who hasn't even been a bench coach or any guy who hasn't uh, had any major league managing experience or any managing experience, we have no idea what kind of manager he's going to be. We can guess, and I think they're guessing, and their guessing is probably more educated than ours because they've talked to him, but we really don't know. And so the frustrating thing is, is in this vacuum of not knowing, we're just going to watch people throw these dumbass opinions out there to fill the space. And it's, it's not true. We just, we won't know until July and maybe not even then. Will we know on their first five game losing streak? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. See, I, I think the Cubs want him to be a slightly edgier Aaron Boone. They Which want is it. what? He's the, <laughs> like he's the guy who, his job as manager is to handle the players and to, as best as he can, given what happens during the games, execute their game plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he doesn't get to make his own decisions, although I don't know how many decisions they actually let Aaron Boone make because he's, <laughs> he's not the swiftest well, guy. Well, he has to make more than most because that team only has like two starters. Yeah, and then everybody so he, everybody all season has, long gets hurt. And right. If they get him in the lineup, they get hurt in the third inning, and then he still has to <laughs> scramble. But the thing is, that bullpen has, what, eight or nine 
really good arms. So it doesn't even really matter what order he brings them out in. Until they get to the night, and then Chapman comes up and coughs it up. Um, and then grins weird right. on the mound. <laughs> which which angers Yankees fans, which I'm all here for. And the Cubs aren't going to have that kind of bullpen. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think they wanted a guy. I don't want to say easily controlled, but they can go to David Ross and, like, here's how he built this team. Here's how we see it on the field. Here's how we think it should be deployed. Yeah, and he mean, goes, yes, sir. Right. When they have the pre-series and pre-game meetings – Every suggestion isn't met with, you know, in my 31 years in the Angels organization, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't start every answer. Right. Like, oh, he's going to do, if we're lucky, half of this. So, so, yeah, so to me, I just want to see creative use of the bullpen. Um, And really all that involves is using Chatwood and Azalai as multi-inning pieces because Azalai is not going to be able to be in the rotation given – the limit on his innings. So you use those two guys as multi-inning pitchers in close games, which Madden would not do. Chat would only through multiple innings when it was mop-up duty or he simply had no choice. Yeah. Uh, you use them to mask the rest of the pen. And really that's it. I don't, I don't care if he decides he wants to match up lefty-lefty here or there. If he wants to use – if they get – a. You know, if they get an Andrew Miller to go with a type, with to go with Craig Kimbrell, yeah, someone who right, because you don't want the actual Andrew Miller. No, you don't want the he's no, terrible. Right, now. you want but somebody they, if, who is what he used to be. If they find someone who like, okay, we want this guy to get the most important inning, and that inning is not the ninth because you're not going to use Kimbrell for that. Um, he's going to be straight up ninth because that might be all he can do right now, and we don't even know that. Yeah. So that's another thing. I don't. I don't think they care so much about Madden's constant flexibility of the lineup because that's the team they built. They built this team, at least before this year, with guys who played multiple positions who could hit in multiple spots. Unless you're Jason Hayward, um, and I think they like that. I think they like matching their team up per series or per game, however they feel it works best. So I don't think they're dead set on, yep, this is one through eight, and this is how we do it every goddamn day. I don't. First of all, I don't think that's a bright idea, especially given your injury proclivities of Rizzo and Bryant well, now. I mean, unless you're Leo DeRocher. Right. And then you, uh, run, you run everybody into the ground and then have you know, an so, so infamous collapse. I think they go, they're, they're going to want Ross to shuffle the lineup every so often. What they don't want is Albert Almora batting leadoff. Well, there's uh, a, the best way to – Make sure that doesn't happen is for is Albert Albert to be on team. some other team. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so the only other question really is, well, there's two questions. Can he get them to play tighter than they did this year, which you would think a sense of urgency would take care of by itself? And can he get any of these guys to sort of change their approach when the moment calls? But they've rifled through three hitting coaches now who couldn't do it. So why is David Ross going to be the one who gets through to them? Depending on which ones are still on the team, um, because I will admit this to you, Mr. Dolan, I kind of want this World Series to go seven games because I know the day after it ends, I will wake up every day of this winter and think today's the day the Cubs are going to do something stupid. (laughs) Well, just get ready for that regardless. (laughs) Right. You're just delaying the inevitable. Right. 
I wonder how much of if it really was, you know, a, a close race at the end between Ross and Espada. Ross, it sure sounds like he's just going to take the existing whoever's left on the coaching staff. Uh, it sounds like they're not going to shuffle pitching and hitting coaches again, which I kind of okay. miss. It's you know <laughs> the annual changing of the hitting and pitching coaches. <laughs> So we still get our Tommy Hadovy meetings on the mound where he tells the guy to give up a homer on the next pitch. Yep. Okay. And he does it looking nice in that weird short sleeve sweatshirt that he wears. <laughs> right. When it's he's like Bazio only in shape. It's like you you have a jersey, right? I think Could it's, you wear it other he than doesn't wear day? a jersey, and I think that windbreaker that he wears is very light. Yeah. So. Well, Bazio famously only wore the jersey on picture day mm-hmm. didn't even have it didn't even, they didn't even he didn't even let him pack one for road trips <laughs> he didn't need it like, nope uh, wearing well, this sure. thing that looks like i'm trying to make weight on a high school wrestling team in 1978 looks like i'm getting ready to wrestle shoot <laughs> and i've got to drop i gotta go two weight classes down <laughs> the, the pinstripes were not his friend anyway <laughs> yeah, they look like they went horizontal on him when he um, tried to wear them well, I mean, it's fine. I don't, other than a pitching coach, like, I don't really think a hitting coach does anything. You know, like, I, I, I just never have. Hey, those, that flip drill doesn't run itself. Right. Somebody's I mean, got to sit on the bucket and toss the ball in the air. I mean, repeatedly. they're there if you need them, and there's always, like, one player who they help develop. But these guys got there without them, you know. So, whereas a pitching coach, he's at least devising how they're going to attack hitters and coordinating with how they're going to play defense and all that. I think it's a little more involved. I don't know if Tommy Ottavy's any good at it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't blame Lester's and Quintana's decline on him. And even if you did, then you'd have to give him some credit for you Darvish's revival. Right. So either did both or he did neither. Yep. Um, well, and I had one of the, one of the Cubs writers message me, and was he thought it was interesting that both Espada and Girardi were candidates, considering the apparently Espada was famous with uh, when they were together with the Yankees when he was his third base coach for supposedly being the Girardi clubhouse spy, not oh, spying good. for Joe, spying on him, okay, <laughs> <laughs> helping helping them lay the case to can him after an ALCS run. Um, so he basically yeah, said, I don't think uh, either Joe is going to pick the other guy for their staff if <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work out. So they don't have to worry about any of that with David Ross because he's going to be hanging out in the clubhouse. Yeah, because um, apparently it's it's really important for the manager to be in the clubhouse. But you know, a lot thought, of the things Joe did, I always thought, yeah, that seems like the way you should do it. Right. I always thought the manager was supposed to stay out of it. That's the players' area. They don't want to feel like they're being spied on. And you're not one of the guys anymore. You know, you're the boss. Um, I, I, I like the idea. I, the only minor complaint I have, and it's really minor, is that I like the idea of fresh eyes on the roster. You bring a spot in, he's got, a, you know, he, he's seeing all this pretty much for the first time. And he can go to the front office and be like, no, it actually turns out Alvador Mora sucks. It's not the man developed in the wrong way. You know, he can just go say that. Um, you know, or, hey, Jason Howard's, Jason Hayward's bat speed is bad. Um, you know, 
but I I don't think that's a huge deal. I think the front office sees yeah, the how, team as is pretty right. much for the most part now they didn't in the past. And how long does that have an impact for? The first, Spring training? Yeah, the first three weeks, and then everybody's looking at the same thing again anyway. <laughs> right, so... Um, you know, yeah, I, and the only concern I would have about David Ross is still thinking that he's one of the guys, but, you know, I I don't know how that manifests itself, and I don't know if he said anything in the in the two interviews that convinced them he wouldn't treat them that way. And, and even if he is, like, you know, who's the wild child on this team? He has to rein in it. I mean, like, okay, yeah, they have to play tighter, and they can't be as bad defensively on the base pass, but it's not like you have to, like, pull Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant out of a game, you know, like you're not going to pull Javi Baez for not hustling. I mean, they're, they're not like, yeah. there's no Milton Bradley here. You got to take Javi out for, you know, what's, what's, what's with the no look tag, right? That's not yeah. the cub way. We don't do that. Uh, so the, the guy was out. Well, he yeah, was that's, out. That's yeah. And he but wouldn't have been out. Don't do it again. Cause you're going to have Victor Caratini throwing his marshmallows, but the second base <laughs> and not Contreras uh, bullets. So the the argument that I saw for us for for uh, for people other than Ross, but especially Espada, was uh, that Ross has never been never been a coach before, and that's valid. Um, yeah. And that Espada has been on all these winning teams; he knows what it takes to win. Well, I would I would say that given the amount that Ross played in the big leagues, he basically was a bench coach for well, I most of the last. The last nine seasons, he played on teams that averaged 91 wins a season. He didn't play a lot, but he was teams other than Dusty's Reds. Dusty, and that's another feather in his hat. Him and Dusty didn't get along, which right. immediately made me like David Ross. That's like plus five points right yes. there. That's like signing your name on the SAT. And so he, he's he been on nothing but winning. Well, the, the 14 Red Sox were bad. Were bad. 71 but that was the year after they'd won. Otherwise, it was 95, 86, 91, 89, 94, 97, 97, 103. Right. So I think he knows what a winning team looks like. <laughs> He's been around good managers and Dusty. And Dusty. Well, as I pointed out today when I wrote about the hiring, mo- his entire career was as a backup catcher, which means most of his career was spent on the bench. Yep. Seeing how things play out, uh, watching the game. So if he had an interest in being a manager as a player, which he obviously did, he would have watched it and saying, okay, they did this and it worked out this way. And I can study all this because I'm not playing today. <laughs> so, so he's, um, he's Bruce Bochy with a much smaller head. <laughs> yeah. I, being a baseball manager is not being an NFL coach. Um, I don't, that's not to say it's not hard. The actual managing of the game and all that, that's not, you know, that that can be figured out in a hurry, especially with these front offices. And when it comes to handling guys and and managing a clubhouse, well, he was a player. He knows what works and what doesn't. Um, So, yeah, I I just, you know, of all of the four major sports, being an NFL or NBA coach is clearly the hardest. And the NHL is somewhere in there, and then baseball. I would I would argue is the least hard of the four. You put your you put your damn uniform on, you sit there, and 
You wait till your pitcher's getting rocked. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you here. You know, it's like, the reason you know it's it's not as complicated as the NFL is you don't need Ernie Acorsi to pick your coach for you. Ernie Acorsi and the football on his head to come in <laughs> and and compile a list for you. So I did enjoy the fact that apparently one of the things that and all this stuff is bullshit, but I enjoy it anyway. One of the things that that helped the Cubs make their decision was they had Ross do a mock first day of spring training speech. Right. And I could only, I'm sure that mostly it was about guys. Well, I know you're real enemy Monday, but like the the real enemy is melanoma. (laughs) So let's sunscreen up. (laughs) If you're dead of cancer, you're not going to be able to help us. series in St. Louis in July. (laughs) Let's go get them. And they're like, God damn, you can't argue with that. (laughs) Holy shit. That is flawless. Practical advice. You're hired. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. It was like the Bears in their their mock press conference, right? Which is what drove uh, what's his name away. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Well, I don't know the Bears. Well, the Cubs are the ones that did the mock press conference. They made Dale Spam do it, and they made Mike Maddox do it, and whoever the other guy was. Didn't the Bears came. make uh, well, the, the guy? B- the Bears announced. Well, they announced Dave, Dave McGinnis is hiring but- before they hired him. I not no, this was after that. When they didn't hire what's the guy who coached the Cardinals for a few well, years. Yeah, Bruce Arians. Bruce thought he got the Bruce thought he had the job. He was apparently at home like calling coaches. He was putting his staff together and then they called him to tell him they hired Mark Trespin and he's like What? <laughs> right. Well he's I like, thought the reason they went with they did is because Arians wouldn't do the fake oh, press that conference. Could be. Yeah, Bruce doesn't seem like a guy who would They're like, Hey, we want to see how you handle the press and Bruce was like, What does it fucking matter? Bruce walked how I in, handle the press yeah. if if I win football games. Bruce walked into the press conference with his <laughs> NFL Coach of the Year award <laughs> right. that he won as an assistant filling in for <laughs> Chuck Pagano. He had a he had right. a chain around his neck and the award on it. And every time they said, We would you be open to doing it? He would just point at the thing. Right. And go. You know how you handle a fake press conference for the Bears? You walk into that room, you find the cardboard cut out of Hub, and you tell him to go fuck himself, <laughs> and you're hired. Yep. Like, oh. You have to be nice to Larry Mayer, and you tell Hub to fuck himself. <laughs> and you got the job. You can't feel that's how That's how Nagy got it, apparently. <laughs> that's how Nagy got it. Well, Nagy also threw in, I like your quarterback, without mentioning that he sucks. And then uh, that got him hired. Uh, but that that's your other podcast, and I don't want to get in on that because I'm my, already miserable enough. That's my 9.30 podcast. <laughs> that's my 9.30 appointment. Good thing it's late at night because then, then you can really get loaded. I'm going to have to. Gonna You're going to have to. Yes. So I do think we talked about it in the last one we did. When, when we did this after Joe got canned, even though yep. officially he didn't get fired. They just didn't he bring him back. Not, at, not invited back. If you ask Joe, he'll tell you he got fired. Um you get, if you don't, if, if your contract runs out, they don't bring it back. You got fired. Yeah. That's not an equal parting of the ways. Right. Unless you said, screw it. I don't want to be here anymore, which he mm-hmm. didn't. He got fired. No, he made it pretty clear he wanted to stay. It, it really seems like part of the, well, Cub fans are just, you know, they, they had 108 years of angst taken off of them, and they're quickly trying to <laughs> find as much as they can because it just feels like, you know, they're having phantom limb pain only it's angst phantom angst pains was you know oh david ross not serious guy you know he's a he was on dancing with the stars and all this stuff we talked about i mean this was a guy who didn't who made decent money but not great money and all of a sudden 
he was getting offered all these ridiculous things that paid, and he said what all of us would have said, which was, yes. yes. I'll take it. Give me, because I know this isn't going to last, and I'm going to try to cash in as much as I can. So, there's a lot of that. Well, him? Well, he's, you know, it's like, this they, is where I was supposed to insert the joke that he also knew he would be paying Chicago property taxes again <laughs> and needed all the cash he could get. Well, no, he's got, um, Todd but, can help him with that. But I don't care because the only people who care about property taxes are the rich and they should probably be taxed more, so go fuck yourselves. Yes, there, it's not exactly. Um. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's funny that we're having this podcast. I mean, obviously we have to. They've hired a new manager. It's a big deal, but there's just there's just not that much to say about it. No, because you know, I mean, I can't. What I can't we t- expected all. Along. I can't tell you how David Ross is going to improve Ian Happ. I can't tell you how he's going to keep Chris Bryant healthy and get him some days off. I can't. I mean, we don't know what the roster looks like. We don't. We don't know anything about him as a manager. And honestly, you, as we've said repeatedly this off season, they they can sign three new pitchers. One of them is a good starter, and he gets them to tighten up in the field and on the base paths. And they win 95 games again, and they probably win this division going away. And he really won't have had to do much, you know, like. Um, Which is, I think, part of the plan. That has to be part of the plan, right? You want you want as many knowns as you can have. You don't want too many variables. And your manager being a Yahoo is a variable. And it was a variable they weren't prepared for with Joe Madden. Most of the time it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. And they're sick of that. They want to know exactly what their manager is going to do every day. And by hiring David Ross, they get that. And I think that's how modern baseball teams are run. When the, I mean, the Astros is fucked up as they are. They know what A.J. Hinch is going to do every day. Yeah. Uh, Dave Roberts, they know that he's going to do everything, which is nothing. <laughs> um, until they get to the playoffs, and he's going to crowbar Clayton Kershaw in there whether you like it or not. Yeah, and the, and the reason – I was one of the meatheads who was like, oh, he's finally fired. And then the reason that that was never a consideration was that the Kershaw part of that game plan was given to him. Right. So it's hard to fire the manager for doing exactly what you told him to do before the game started. But I think that tells you how these teams are run. I mean, I'm, yeah. you'll never convince me that Dave Roberts isn't an idiot. He probably handles the clubhouse very well. Everyone loves him, and that's half the job, if not more. And the Dodgers have won, what, 104 games, 105 games this year. They had the blip last year where, like, all their – everything suggested they should have been a 103-win team, but yeah. they found ways to not win 103 games. So if you build a good enough team – not that the manager doesn't matter, but you really do take him out of the equation as, as much as you can. Yeah, um, and so for those teams until, – are- Until Dave Roberts forces Clayton Kershaw in there, whether he's told to. Maybe he was told to, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Well, and for the teams that are run like that, as good a manager as Joe Madden is, he becomes a variable. And they don't mm-hmm. want that guy to be a variable. They want him to be a constant. Right. They want to know who, what he's going to do when. And, you know, he's, he's like, you gave me this job for a reason. I'm going to do it. Right. And I'm gonna, you, you hired me. You knew who I was when you hired me. I'm going to do the job. And to their credit, even though they – you know, they rolled their eyes a lot and looked at oh, him and sheer, their teeth. sheer terror at times. Yeah. They let they let him do his job. Well, and I think that's important. I think the clear delineation between your front office and your clubhouse and your manager is important. Like you can't have your GM 
telling the manager what to do during or after games. You know, you give him the roster, you say, here's how we see it, and you let him do it. Otherwise, you're the Mets, and you don't want to be the Mets. <laughs> like, so no that's, one wants to be the Mets. That's why it cracks me up that the Mets have interviewed Joe Girardi twice. Yeah, that'll go well. But now they're going to interview Eduardo Perez for a third time. That's who they're going to hire. I mean, what, what do you need three interviews for? No, well, I wouldn't want to listen to just Eduardo's voice alone. I couldn't handle well, right. it. Well, That's why it'll be nice to get him off of the air. If it gets him off ESPN, great. I think the thing that is people are overlooking, though, is obviously the guy, you know, you, you know, in football especially, there's like coaching trees, and everybody's like, oh, the Bill Belichick tree isn't any good, but, um, you know, the Mike Shanahan the coaching tree, tree is, all of a sudden yeah. is. I mean, what about the Carl Ravitch managerial tree? <laughs> I mean, holy shit. That guy. And Carl Ravitch sucks. <laughs> He's bad at play-by-play. He was bad on baseball tonight. But he's got a very nice toupee. He's got a really nice very, toupee. It's, it's but he gets to expense, I'm and I, sure. I felt bad because I tweeted last time I was watching. One, uh, it had to, must, have, must have been a catheter commercial. Uh, William Shatner was on my TV. And I'm constantly amazed at the quality of William Shatner's toupees. Really is something. They, if you didn't know he was bald, if you hadn't watched Star Trek and knew that this his and and well, then he had the he had the bad years, the T.J. Hooker toupee. Not that's not a good toupee, but at some point he dialed it in and he got a really good one. Well, he could afford it. Yes, you wouldn't know he had one, you know. And uh, Carl, he, not he so doesn't. Much. No, he doesn't fit into that. Um, He's got a muskrat well, asleep. Well, I I have to carry on my father's legacy. Anyone who wears a toupee is a tool, and uh, the world will not end if the world can see the top of your head. I don't know that I can personally testify to that. My world has been bleak, but uh, I don't think it has to do with my lack of hair. I have I've had a fascination with toupees since uh, I was a small child. My father used to call them out on the street. Well, that's what my dad did too. My dad would simply. He would try to get me or my brother's attention, and he would point at someone as, as you know, as sneakily as he could, and just give us a two fingers, like toupee. And we had to decide on the spot if it was bad haircut or oh, toupee. This wasn't, my dad didn't leave it up for debate. He would just yell it, wig. <laughs> um, and the highlight of that was when I was as a youth, and I was playing drums. I went to see this guy do a clinic. But playing drums, Kenny Arnoff, he played drums for Mellencamp and Dylan, and really great drummer, really nice guy. And so he starts it off with a like a 10-minute drum solo, which was amazing. Uh, but in the middle of it, some guys walk into his seat, and in the middle of the drum solo, my dad yells, Wig! <laughs> so if you were sitting around us, you would hear, you know, doom, 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 And it was one of the more embarrassing and yet one of the more gratifying moments of my young life. So, well, so is there I, anything left to say? Do no, we, I know, are we I know you've got, you've got a hard stop cause you've got another podcast. I do. I've I do have a hard, do. you've got another one to do that. You, you're probably gonna need to rest up for. Yeah. Um, it's mostly going to be a bloodletting, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know uh, what the plan is. I don't know. I, I think tomorrow is simply an announcement. I don't know when the press conference is going to be. Well, they can't do it during the series, but right? I love, they, do it on an, they do it on an off day. I, it, I, I don't know if they I think they could they're not going they're not going to tomorrow they'll they'll put out a statement and they'll tell you when the press conference is going to be and the, um, the press conference will be Monday because that's an off day very too and... very excited about I love a good I, I love there's nothing I enjoy more than making fun 
of press conferences. They are just full of the stupid things that the, the stupid questions that I get to make fun of (laughs) the half-assed answers I get to make fun of. It's just tremendous. So I'm already looking forward (laughs) to this. And I just think having David Ross back, the, it's going to be, it's just going to, the enjoyment's going to be going to be cranked up even higher. I just, I can't (laughs) wait. I mean, I think the, whoever listens to this and, and God help you, whoever you are, if you need a final grade or a final thought of this, it's just incomplete. It's just like, yeah, they hired David Ross and we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. I mean, that's all you can say. Yeah. They hired a guy with zero track record. And so there's <laughs> right. anybody who can tell you how it's going to go is lying. Is to lying you. to you. So even we, Theo, even Theo wouldn't tell you, here's how it's going to go. Well, Theo's can like, tell, even if it's a disaster, I've only got two years of this shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm out of here. Well, I think going into this offseason, that's where I'll be curious how long they sign guys for. You know, whoever they bring in. Do they, I mean, maybe they can only afford to bring in guys for one or two years. Um, but if, they, if they're if they only signing guys to one, two, three years, you'll kind of get an idea. They're like, yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> like, we're done with this. Yeah, and it sounds like on Friday, they – I don't know if they'll let you know on Friday, but that's when the, the uh, Chris Bryant – Service time hearing is finally going to be held. Right, which, and I got an alert on my phone from CSN or yeah, sorry, NBCSN. There's, and they're like, well, it could do, it could decide Chris Bryant's future. How? Yeah, it's not. Like what? They're not going to win that appeal. The no. Boris and Bryant are not going to win that and appeal. It's not going to drive it's more a collect- of a wedge. The, the uh, service time is a collectively bargained system. Right. The, the Player Association, every time that CBA opens up, they're free to try to negotiate a new one. Until that time, you can't penalize a team for following, for following it. the policy. It's not going to drive more of a wedge between Bryant, Boris, and the Cubs. No, because the Cubs they are know already... what the Cubs did. The yes. Cubs told them what they were doing. This is how teams are run. And if you want to keep Chris Bryant in town, which you should, and there are an alarming amount of people who are totally fine with the Cubs trading him, Man, and you're all stupid. There are an alarming amount of morons. And we, right. If you want to keep Chris Bright around, you don't worry about, oh, my God, maybe we hurt him. Maybe he's insulted. No, you hand him $35 million a year, and you're done with it. There. It's that simple. And you tell the Ricketts family to go do one and sign the check. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And on that note. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Andy. And we'll catch up whenever whenever, whenever. news breaks. Yeah. We'll, we'll be we'll, here uh, to... I don't know what the schedule is. There's the GM meetings right after the World Series, right? Where nothing happens. Yep. And then uh, winter meetings in December where where now nothing happens. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll reconvene when they sign Castellanos to three years, 60 million. And we're like, what did you do? Yeah. That's the next guy can worry about that. Right, exactly. That'll be our first sign. That's like the groundhog. Did he see his shadow? <laughs> right. If Castellanos wakes up and he can see a Cub contract, then we it gives us a pretty good clue as to what's going to happen. Indeed. All right, brother. All right, Talk thanks, Sam. You.